alone with Jesus is so important. I didn't know that you could get married and just have a whole lot of dang fun. When you nurture your marriage, the butterflies, they come back. Men are designed to be givers and women are designed to receive. The woman was the creation finale. Hey friend, Terry Bonin here. I'm so glad you're back. I'm honored that you've come back. Today we're talking about what it is to be a strong woman. And I have good news for you. If um, you're thinking, I wanna be a strong woman, but I cry all the time. No problem, me too. <laughs> Just kidding, I am not one that cries all the time, but it has definitely been a season of tears. And not once during this time where I've had days where I just wake up and today's gonna be a crying day, have I thought, I'm not a strong woman because I'm crying. So you can rest if you are one of those women who leaks at the eyes a lot. You can um, be a strong woman with that trait. It's beautiful. Um, so depending on what circle of friends you're sitting in, you might get a different dif definition. You might um, get mixed information on what it is to be a strong woman today. Um, you might have some friends who say being strong is being independent, being able to support yourself financially, and you don't need a man, you don't need um, anyone, you've got this, you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That, in my opinion, is not a strong woman by any means. Just because you can support yourself financially and uh, move furniture, <laughs> that's not the type of strong woman we're talking about. I like to look at things through a biblical lens um, to see what the Word says. And um, so, friend, being a truly strong woman means that you have inner strength that allows you to weather the storms of life without being tossed and without being wrecked by the winds of change and disappointment. Have you been disappointed <laughs> yet? If you haven't, then you might not. You might be two years old. I don't know, two-year-olds have even experienced disappointment. Life is full of change and disappointment, um, but you are strong when you know that you cannot be everything to everyone, but you know whom you've been called to, and you stay at your post. You stay there even when it's hard, even when those winds come in and they're like, it would be easier to remove yourself from, no, from what you know you've been called to. The strong woman stays because she knows to whom she's been called and she knows what she's been called to. It doesn't mean that in your post that there won't be tears because we're talking about change and disappointment. Um, but the way that we cry as strong women does matter. So when you're having those days of tears, evaluate, sit, sit back and think, am I crying because I'm not getting my way? Um, am I throwing an adult toddler fit? Am I, you know, um, I just want my way, Lord, remove this pain right now. Or are you taking your deep sorrows to the Lord and saying, this is too much, I need you. Trust me, the, the word says that Jesus was a man of many sorrows and he cried. And so he has given us our emotions. He, scripture even says that he knows how many tears we have and he gathers them in a jar. I mean, he's sentimental. <laughs> how sweet is that, that he gathers our tears in a jar? So I know that on my weeping days, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he's with me and he, there's no judgment there. He is with me. And um, so God knew that we would have sorrows and that we would have hormones and they would alternate. <laughs> you would go from sorrows to hormones to sorrows to hormones. Um, but the strong woman takes those times and gives them to the Lord in prayer. In Revelations, it says that 
I love this scripture. It says, um, each elder held a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's saints. So just visualize this for a second. So sitting next to the throne of God are these two giant golden bowls. This is so cool. If you know me at all, you know how much I love diffusers and I, I love the way they look. I love the way they smell. I love the way they sound. So apparently God does too, because he's got two giant golden bowls next to his throne with incense coming up. And they are our prayers. So when we are crying out to the Lord and when we are praying, they're, they're going up to the throne of God and he hears us. Now, if I was God, and I'm not, but I'm just saying, I'd be like, okay, no whining prayers coming up in the bowls, please. <laughs> you know, like um, there is a difference between weeping and saying, this is too much, Lord, I need you. And Lord, you know, I need you to do this right now. I am very guilty of telling the Lord what to do in my prayers. Like, I've got all the answers. You know, Lord, if you'll do this, then this situation will be fixed. This is how you can fix it. Here's a situation, and this is how you can fix it. But I've also learned that he actually has, um, has better ideas than me. He has better ideas. So a strong woman knows that the Lord hears her prayers and um, that the strength comes from him. And we cannot conjure up the strength on our own. We cannot do it. When we try to conjure up our own strength, then we actually get frustrated and angry and we're hard to be with because it's not working. Um, I took a poll on my Instagram and I asked, okay, what are you most worried about, ladies? Like, what worries you as a wife? And several women said, I'm worried that I am not enough. I'm worried that I'm not being enough for my family, for my husband, for my kids. I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing it right. I'm just worried that I'm not enough. Well, if you hop on social media, you'll probably run into some um, hashtags that say, I am enough, or you are enough, and you hear that enough, you are enough. Well, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that you don't have to be enough. Um, we're not actually enough on our own, but he is enough, he is enough. I love the scripture, um, the, the story in the Bible where Jesus has been preaching to the 5,000 for a few days and it says, and then they were hungry. <laughs> a few days and then they were hungry. I mean, like, give me a couple hours and I'm hungry. So I'm hangry after three days. But anyway, so Jesus said, um, does anybody have anything, like anything? And one boy came forward with five loaves and two fish. So Jesus blessed it and the 5,000 were fed. You know the story. Well, was the boy and his meal enough? If the disciples or the boy had tried to divide up that meal and feed it to the 5,000, no, it would not have been enough. It would not have been enough. There would have still been 5,000 hangry people. But with the presence of the Lord and Jesus' blessing, it became enough. And that's how he is with us. We don't have to conjure up the strength to be enough for our families, to be enough for what we have been called to. But when we say, okay, I know that I'm not enough and we trust him to multiply our efforts, then we can rest that it's not up to us. We don't have to be the strong woman, but he can be the strength through us. So strength comes from a deep knowing that God loves us and hears our prayers. We can glory in the fact that we are weak. I think sometimes when we have like a gifting or uh, something that we're really good at, 
then we don't ask the Lord for help. But when we know that we don't, we can't do it, then we're more inclined to ask the Lord for help. One of the first um, times in my life that the Lord showed me in a very big way that um, I needed him to be strength inside me was when he called me to homeschooling. <laughs> okay, you have to understand who I am, first of all. I was not Miss Academia. Like, I felt like school was a prison. I for 12 years okay it was total torture my entire you know went through the public school system made straight a's and cheerleading okay get the picture like i loved cheerleading cheered through school cheered through college um i loved student body council you know anything extracurricular sign me up but the classes like reading writing and math <laughs> can i just go home well then i had a baby and the lord said you're gonna homeschool and i was like I'm gonna what? Okay. But I knew, I knew if that he was calling me to it, that he would equip me for it. And that if my kids got an education, it wasn't gonna be because I had this wonderful strength to do it, that it, he was gonna get the glory. He was going to be enough. He was going to do it. And I love that. I, I grew in my faith in his ability to use a very weak vessel, me, for his glory. Well, um, during that time, several years in homeschooling, I, I love being a mom and I have always loved being a mom and I loved um, what, I, what was going on in our home. Well, we had some stressful things going in our home that I didn't love and that was causing me some anxiety. My husband was sick and he wasn't working. He didn't work for two years. And so we had financial stresses and we just had some extenuating circumstances that caused anxiety. And then I had a friend die suddenly. She was a homeschool mom friend who had several kids and her youngest was three years old. And so I began to have this fear that God was going to remove me from my kid's life. And I was having nightmares like, who's going to take care of my kids? Who's going to homeschool them? Who's going to teach them about Jesus? You know, like all of these natural human things to worry about, but they were affecting me physically. I had a headache, I had a backache. I felt like I weighed a thousand pounds. Well, I'm a walker and um, each evening, and I've done this for years, um, I was walking and praying one night. I'm just walking around the block, you know, telling, my, telling the day to the Lord and giving him all my worries and concerns and just talking things through with him. And I did not realize that I was carrying this burden of fear. I didn't, it was the subconscious thing that I was worried about being removed from my kids. And I felt the Lord say, I want you to give me your kids. Like I've loaned them to you. They're not yours. I made them. Um, I'm loaning them to you. I've called you to homeschool them. I've called you to lead them to me, but they're not yours. And what happens to them isn't up to you. Um, you have a part in it, but it's up to me. So I need you to let go. I need you to let go with your hands and tell me out loud that you give me your kids. And I mean, of course, God's not speaking audibly to me, but on my walk, I just felt this, I need you to say this out loud. And so I said, okay, Lord, I give you my kids. If you decide at any point to remove me as their influence, um, I trust you. I don't care about social media influence. I care about influence over my kids. That's my main concern. And so this was a big deal for me to say, I trust you, Lord. I give you my kids. If you want to do this without me, 
then I'm gonna trust you. And it felt like a thousand pounds left my shoulders at that time. And, um, and I knew I'm just called. I am this weak vessel that's called to let God's strength um, and through me show up each day in the life of my family for my husband and my children. And that's all I have to do. I don't have to do it all. I am not responsible for the way they turn out in every way. I am not responsible for all of these things that I have taken on that um, I'm trying to be the strong woman and do all of these things. And it was wearing on me physically. The Lord was like, that's too much for you, but that's for me. Let me have it. And so I gave it to him. Um, and I cannot tell you how light it made me feel. So God says 365 times in scripture, do not fear. That's one for every day. So just remember that there, there's no coincidence in that 365 times. Do not fear. Okay. Thanks. So a strong woman, she's not fearful. She is not worried about tomorrow because she knows that ultimately tomorrow is God's responsibility and not her own. I love the story of Elizabeth Elliot. I just recently finished the book Through the Gates of Splendor, and it's about um, Elizabeth and her husband, um, Jim Elliot. They went to serve the Aka Indians in Ecuador. Well, actually, they went to serve a different group of people in Ecuador, and um, but God had told them, I want you to serve the Aka Indians, and the Aka Indians were this tribe that nobody could get to because they were murderous and everyone who would get near them would get murdered and with their machetes. And so the mission board was like, you can serve in Ecuador, but we're not serving the Aka Indians. Like this is where you are, that's too dangerous. But they knew what the Lord was calling them to. Well, Jim and Elizabeth went with four other couple friends and they had spent time um, like dropping gifts um, flying over the Aka Indians, um, secluded tribe and dropping gifts, trying to make friendly, friendly relations with them. Months doing this. Well, at a certain time, they realized it's time for us to go in and and take the gospel to these people. I think that we've made enough headway. They know we're friendly. Let's do this. Well, um, they the women knew, the five women of these five missionary men knew that this might be the last time that they see their husbands. They understood um, what they were called to and whom they served and that there was going to be a price. Well, the men went in and they were in contact with them for five days and then they lost contact. Long story short, you need to read the book. It's fantastic. Um, but when the women got word that their husbands were murdered, Elizabeth wrote, no, there was no hysteria. We knew we had a deep knowing that um, we have been doing the will of the Lord and this was the price and that we don't understand why it had to look like this. We felt like as women that we would serve them better as couples, but for some reason, God has seen um, a purpose to remove our husbands. And so the women, Elizabeth, continued to serve that tribe of Aug Indians. In fact, it opened the door um, for um, her to move into the tribe. She ended up living next door to them, and the, the very murderer of her husband became like a father figure to her daughter, Valerie. Um, only God could have done that. And she never, she never lost faith um, when her faith was tested. And that book just really ministered to me. It seemed grim. They did not have life insurance. I mean, like um, they weren't prepared in all the ways that we think that we need to, you know, be prepared. But we don't always know God's ways, but he can be trusted. And that's where the strength comes in. And there's this solid steadiness 
A strong woman is steady in knowing that God has the future. If we just walk in his ways and obey his, um, obey his voice, sometimes it's going to be crying. You know, sometimes we will cry and sometimes we're going to feel deep emotions because he has given us a feminine soul. He has given us a soft, tender spirit and we, we shouldn't um, be ashamed of that. That's part of our makeup and it's beautiful. But a strong woman trusts the Lord. My daughter-in-law, Sydney, she recently sent a photo to our daughter's chat. I have a daughter's chat where we just chat all day with my girls. And um, she sent a picture and she said, I just received these um, bulbs in the mail. And bulbs as in flowers, you know, in a pot. And she said, I was so disappointed because of the picture says, you know, that I was getting beautiful flowers. And she literally, let me look at the words that she said. She said, they looked like aliens crawling out of the dirt. <laughs> and she sent us a picture. Look at these aliens crawling out of the dirt. This is horrible. And she said, but I faithfully watered them. And then she sent another picture. And she said, I couldn't see the beauty that was coming, but now they have turned into something so beautiful. I'm glad I did not toss them. And what an incredible illustration that sometimes our situation looks so ugly, so grim, and it's like, well, the solution is to change situations. The solution is to toss it, throw it away, to start over. But we can't necessarily know what God is doing underneath the dirt, underneath the soil. And um, such a beautiful illustration. In fact, I told her um, to, to put that on her blog and I'm gonna link it in the show notes so that you can click the link and see the pictures yourself on Sydney's blog because it is a beautiful illustration about how God can take something really, really ugly and turn it into something beautiful. That's what he's in the business of. He is in the business of redeeming lives. So a strong woman believes God and believes that he does have good things in store for her and understands that um, we grow during times of deep sorrow. Isn't that the worst? Why couldn't we grow during times of just wonderful light, no problems. Why does it take deep sorrows? But that's just the way God's designed it. You know, if you were to cut a butterfly out of the cocoon before it's struggled out, it would die. It's the struggle that makes the butterfly strong enough to, to fly. And, um, and it's the struggle that gives us our deep sorrows um, that gives us a deepness. We know the Lord through our deep sorrows and it gives us spiritual roots and strengths that we wouldn't have otherwise. And so a strong woman understands that when things aren't going the way we want them to, when we're, we're in a situation that's hard, that God can be trusted, that he is a good God and he has good things in store for us. If your hands are not in the dirt, if you never plant anything, I encourage you to get into nature and plant something because you can see the nature of God in that. A seed literally has to die in order for it to become a beautiful plant. Whatever type of plant it is, it has to cease being a seed in order to become a beautiful flower or a beautiful tree or a piece of fruit, whatever it's going to become. And that's how it is with us. We have to die to ourselves in order to become everything that God has designed us to be. So that is what a strong woman looks like. She's willing to say, not my will, Lord, but yours, not my way. I'm willing to die to myself, to my desires, make my desires your desires. That's ultimately what I want. Sometimes I have to tell the Lord, 
okay, I'm willing, but I can't get there myself, you can drag me. Like, I'll hold on, you drag. <laughs> I'm going, I can't make my legs move in that direction, but I want what you want, Lord. Help me to want what you want, Lord. So, a strong, will, a strong woman believes the Lord. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. If you have trouble believing the Lord, then get the word of God in your ears. Um, read it, speak it out loud, think on it, because faith increases as we hear the word of God, which is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And um, this morning when I was getting dressed and I knew that I had a busy, busy day, like I have a busy day until tonight, like I have things going on. And my eyeballs would not stop crying. Like it was a sobbing day. Like I'm sitting with my Bible and I'm like, I'm gonna cry my eyelashes off. Like I don't have time for this today. I'm puffy, I'm red. And I literally, for a good two hours, um, was just crying. I texted one of my daughters and I said, will you send me some happy music? <laughs> and so she sent me a couple options. And the first option playlist that she sent me was very ironic because she sent me the childhood playlist that I raised my kids on. And it's scripture songs. It's Hide Them In Your Heart by Steve Green. And she laughed and you know did a couple of funny emojis. And she's right. Like nothing, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is where we find our strength. And I wasn't gonna find true joy to clean up my deep sorrows this morning in any other type of music <laughs> except for scripture. So um, I laughed and listened and look, I've got all makeup and all is well. A strong woman is meek. Now, meek does not mean mean quiet and mousy. The two men in scripture who were described as me were Jesus and Moses. And Jesus is no pushover. He was no pushover when he walked on the earth. And Moses, he was called to lead tens of thousands of Israelites. So meekness is controlled strength. It means that in your strength, you can control that tongue that wants to say everything that it thinks. It takes more strength to let the fruits of the spirit take over and control your tongue than it does to land blast your opinion on people. Um, my family was invited over to dinner at another family's house and they had their adult daughter and her fiance come over. And um, at the dinner table, the bride, the soon-to-be bride, um, for some reason was trying to get everybody at the table to get on her side about something. She and her um, fiance were having a, a disagreement and it was a silly tomato tomato, you know, disagreement. I say tomato, you say tomato, I'm right, you're wrong. It was nothing significant, it was just something little. But a big deal was made out of it at the table. And I was just mortified, my soul was dying inside, I was like, Oh dear, precious young bride, you're, you will not like your marriage if you continue to always have to be right and prove that you're right and, and humiliate your husband in front of so many people. She didn't see that as humiliating. But in that case, being meek, being strong, like, okay, I know that I'm right, <laughs> but I don't have, everybody doesn't have to know that I'm right. As long as I know I'm right, that's enough. Um, so a strong woman knows that most of the time we're gonna hold our tongue and not give our opinion, especially when it's going to be humiliating our spouse or someone else. So a strong woman presses into the fruits of the spirit and lets them control her. So in summary, a strong woman cries in a way that still allows her to worship. 
She cries in a way that's not throwing a toddler fit because she's not getting her way, but cries in a way that, Lord, I can't do this, but I know that you're with me, and I thank you for this time, and I know that you're still good, even though this hurts. Um, she does not always have to prove that she's right. She knows that God's in the details, and a strong woman allows God to show his strength through her weakness. A strong woman is willing to do walk into uncomfortable places that God has called her to, knowing that God has called her to them and that he will be enough. So there you go. Um, I hope you have a blessed day, and I hope to meet you here next week. Bye. about something I'm loving. Um, okay, I love drinks, all the drinks, sparkly drinks, hot drinks, cold drinks, warm drinks, you name it. I just love to drink, but I especially love my hot drinks. Well, lately, um, I have been drinking out of this double-walled clear glass coffee mug that gives me so much joy. Oh my goodness. It's funny because every time someone comes over and goes into my china closet to pick out a mug, if that one's there, that's the one that gets chosen and I'm like, <laughs> I wanted that one, but no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, the reason I love it is because number one, it's double walled and it, the hot drink stays hot and it's um, just the right size for your hand. You know, sometimes cups are too big in my opinion. And I love pouring the hot drink in, just the visual experience of pouring the hot drink in, the coffee, and then pouring the cream in and watching the cream dive to the bottom and then back up to the top. I don't know, it's an entire experience for me. And I know it seems silly, but it's the little things in my day that give me so much joy. So I've enjoyed that so much. I now have like five cups, just like that in different shapes and sizes so that when people come over, we can all have a clear double-walled glass coffee cup. Thank you for joining me, my friend, and meet me back here next week in this space. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm Terry Bonin on Instagram. I'm Terry Bonin on Facebook, and oh, Terry Bonin on Spotify. <laughs> I happen to be me everywhere I go, and that's a good thing. <laughs>